And what was the most important thing that you learned out of that? Yeah. So that, and I don't know if you knew that I survived brain cancer, but mm. that was one thing where I started writing the book, not originally planning to be a best-selling author, yeah. but I, I started writing the book after being given a diagnosis that I was, had less than 90 days to live and had a malignant glioblastoma brain tumor, literally lost the ability to communicate. And as I started recovering, I was thinking, you know, doctors had said there are 0% chance of survival with that type of tumor as far as it was along, you know, having seven to 10 seizures a week. So I started writing the book as basically just a way to have something that my mom could put on the coffee table. I was trying to get it published quick, you know, where she had something to remember me by. Mm -hmm. And uh, as it went along, we went, you know, I did treatment in Tijuana, Mexico, some stuff that was not approved in the U.S. and absolutely wiped out the wiped out the brain tumor. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. My wife and I see her and her team every single month for couples massage, and I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. She specializes in Hanu Infusion, Hanu Ashiatsu, Gua Sha, and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you need a massage to get you feeling good and relaxed, make sure to reach out to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. Also mention that I sent you and you get 25 bucks off your massage package. Also, check out CDA Brows and Body Ink, where Tracy offers the best tattoo brows and plasma fibroblasting tightening with the first ever Aurora Pro Plasma Titan machine, not a plasma pen. And don't forget to tell Tracy that I sent you to save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows or plasma tightening. What's going on, guys? I've got M. Curtis. You're a motivational speaker, best-selling author, entrepreneur who has started multiple seven-figure companies. You're the founder of Newswire Magazine and so much more, man. Thank you so much for your time. Truly an honor to have you here, man. Absolutely. Glad to be on your show, Eric. I'd love to go back a little bit to kick things off. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Childhood. So I grew up in a... Uh, I, actually, that's a tough question to start with. I grew up in a pretty rough household where uh, my dad was not a good dude. I, I know some of your story and we had some kind of a similar experience there with your stepdad. Yeah. Um, but grew up in Craig, Colorado and moved up here for college in 2000, uh, as soon as I could in 2000 and up in, up into uh, West Westminster, Colorado. And now I'm living in Grand Junction. Gotcha. And, and for those, like when you're growing up, like, you know, who are those entrepreneurs or people that influenced you early on to go the route that you've gone today with your business? And so I had one of the things growing up with the way I did with my dad, just being, I mean, literally put a pistol in my mouth that gave me a pistol after he'd been beating on me for hours and handed me a loaded pistol, told me to do the world a favor, meaning commit suicide. And uh, so I grew up with, you know, not a great, not a great, real good example of what to be as a man. Yeah. But actually at 13 years old, I started to run away during lunchtime. I'd sneak out, you know, once a, every week or two. And I sneak out of the school lunchroom and I'd take off and I'd run to the local, there's a used bookstore. And so I was saving up my lunch money. I'd, I'd get a dollar 75 a day for school lunch. That's back when it was cheap. Yeah. Uh, I could spend 25 cents on a cup of jello, save the other buck 50. And okay. so I'd put that aside in an envelope in the locker. And then I started sneaking away. The, the first time I ran to a, this used bookstore and I bought, you know, just going down asking, Hey, how do I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to be a good person. Yeah. I don't remember the conversation, but I know I was asking, you know, I just want to figure out how to not be a loser when I grew up kind of a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And so at the bookstore, I've actually still got the original book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Come on. By Dale Carnegie. But I yeah. went down there, I was just asking, how do I, how do I become a good person? How do I become somebody that people like? How do I learn to treat people good? And that, that was one of the first book, books that they recommended was how to, was uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. And I got hooked on it from then, you know, as a 13 year old kid reading that. So I started reading everything from, you know, rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, the five love languages, any book you could think of over the next 20 plus years. I, I just read and studied like crazy trying to figure out, you know, not it was, at first it was just how to be, not be a dirtbag, but as I went on, it was uh, sales skills, leadership skills, public speaking skills, different things yeah. like that. So most of my most of my good influence there came from books early on. Mm-hmm. And when we'd get time, when we when we'd be able to go visit my mom, she had my dad had custody of us, did not want us, but he was you know it's kind of the way that he could hurt my mom was to keep her away from us. So mm-hmm. when we'd get a chance to go visit her, she was doing at the time was uh, Amway, Amway Quickstar. Okay. Yep. My, so my she took me did that as well. <laughs> nice. Took me and my little brother and, you know, 13 took me down to the thrift shop and we bought a, bought my first suit and tie and got my little brother all dressed up and we'd go to these motivational conferences, the, the Amway conferences and hear guys like Les Brown and some of these different, just incredible speakers coming. Yeah. And so I started looking at, at that age going, and there's a different thing that I could be in life. I don't have to grow up where you know, that saying the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Sure. But I don't have to be the same guy that my dad taught me I was, I was going to be, and I didn't have to be that same person that I was thinking I was going to be. So that was probably the big, mm. probably the big defining moment really early on there. Yeah. Man. I mean, and since all of this has gone down, you've, you've started multiple seven figure businesses prior to buying Newswire in 2018. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, what is Newswire Magazine? What's the mission there? I, I'm a huge fan. Obviously, I was uh, had the honor of being on the cover of the recent episode, uh, cover that just dropped or um, article that just dropped. And so really just truly an honor to have you on the show. But for those who don't know, what is Newswire Magazine? What's this mission that you're trying to accomplish with this thing? And first off, congratulations on your article. I just pulled it up on the screen here. You've got almost 15,000 readers already. Your article's only been live for a few days here, but... Yeah, oh, almost fifteen thousand awesome. readers. Yeah, one hundred and thirty-three people have liked your post on Facebook. So, that's uh, that's basically what we do: is we highlight entrepreneurs, motivational speakers, podcast hosts, authors, people who are crushing it in life and business. And uh, Newswire didn't actually start as a magazine. The company launched in nineteen ninety-seven as a press release distribution company. So, okay. basically, existed where any you've probably submitted press releases where you write an article, a, a news, you know, some type of newsworthy article submit that. And then the press release company submits that to magazines, newspapers, uh, you know, TV, radio, whatever, trying to get, get your story out there. So I, I bought the company in 2018 and then July or actually uh, about February of this year, I woke up in the middle of the night, jumped up thinking we've been doing all the hard work, not making a lot of money and, and doing all the crazy work, taking these great stories, filtering out the best content and sending that over to media outlets to let them publish these stories. So I called my developer middle of the night. He's overseas. He works over near Mumbai, India, but mm-hmm. uh, he's been working for me for like 10 years. I called Susan Thar and I'm going, Hey, what would it take? You know, what kind of an investment, what would it take to build out a digital publication? That's not just a, 
you know, I mean, there's all kinds of magazines where they, it's like basically a blog. Sure. But I was going, yep. you know, we don't want to have a, a blog that's just a fake, you know, call it a magazine. What do we, t- what, what would it take to actually launch a digital publication that's syndicated to thousands of platforms all over the internet, you know, need instant RSS, XML syndication. And I wanted to basically gamify the system so that when people, like when your article is published, every article, every time that article is shared, every time a website links into it, any traffic that comes, every reader that comes to that article helps boost the article higher in the ranking among the other articles. And so that was part of it was gamifying that, that share system. So that when people get featured in an article, you know, you got an entrepreneur that shares a great story. Now, if they're incentivized to start sharing that on social media and stuff, that helps not only the entrepreneur, but also every other person in the magazine who's got their story shared. But yeah. Yeah. Just been incredible with, I mean, we've got hundreds of thousands of readers already since July that are on here daily. Wow. Wow. I mean, you, you've obviously had success in the business side and financial side of things, but what is it that drives you to be successful today at this point in your career? So I spent years chasing the dollar, like with the, with the telecom company and the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company, all these businesses yep. where just working insane hours you know, 80 to 112 hours a week and miserable. No, no free time, no, no friends, nobody to hang out with just all that time dedicated to working. And I had, had a few times where, you know, it ended up with a couple of bankrupts, actually one make bankruptcy and different companies closing and stuff where, um, chasing that dollar and making, you know, there's, there's times where daily I was making what a friend was making in a month, hmm. but to realize that can be taken away at any time. But also, once you learn how to make the money, you can always make it back. So now I've, I basically started taking a, started focusing more on just being, being happy. I'm out, I'm getting to go around and do some speaking, just, you know, launch the magazine. That was kind of a hobby that took a pretty good investment, but just focusing yeah. on being happy and, and trying to contribute, do something back, you know, where I'm giving back to the world instead of just chasing that dollar, trying to trying to look successful. So important. So important to, to spend time making an impact versus chasing that dollar. I have yeah. done that many times. I filed bankruptcy at 21 years old for sure. Uh, you know, cause I was just dumb and making financial mistakes at the time there. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you're a bestselling author and one of your books is how to be successful. Think like a leader. Uh, you know, it's a book where you share stories and conversations that you had with entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of great knowledge in this book. But was there a common theme among the entrepreneurs that you spoke to? And what was the most important thing that you learned out of that? Yeah, so that, and I don't know if you knew that I survived brain cancer, but mm. that was one thing where I started writing the book, not originally planning to be a best-selling author, yeah. but I, I started writing the book after being given a diagnosis that I was had less than 90 days to live and had a malignant glioblastoma brain tumor, literally lost the ability to communicate. And as I started recovering, I was thinking, you know, doctors had said there are zero percent chance of survival with that type of tumor as far as it was along, you know, having seven to 10 seizures a week. So I started writing the book as basically just a way to have something that my mom could put on the coffee table. I was trying to get it published quick, you know, where she had something to remember me by. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it went along, we went, you know, I did treatment in Tijuana, Mexico, some stuff that was not approved in the U.S. and absolutely wiped out the wiped out the brain tumor you can tell right now talking to me i've still got some 
a little bit of difficulty communicating with, you know, memory and some of those kind of things. Sure. But started writing that book just to just leave a memory. Mm. But I was thinking, I so I reached out to some of these leaders that as a kid, I was, I looked up to people like this. One of the guys, the guy that invented the MP3 player, did an interview in here. Okay. He was one of the very first people that I reached out to. I didn't tell anybody that I was writing the book that, that I had can't brain cancer or that I was, that that was the reason I was writing the book. I just said, Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, you know, I've studied you for years. I've, you know, I'd love to love to have you share some insight. And so I got to interview all these really cool people. The Jeff Wobig, Navy SEAL team sniper, SEAL mm-hmm. team five, SEAL team seven, a couple of leaders of churches. But one of the things between the guys that were all pretty similar, another guy's an ex-convict who turns the life around. He's now very successful but spent time in prison. But all of these guys, all of them have the same, they've all gone through some terrible stuff, but almost all of them had that same thing where it's not what happens to you, but it's what you what you learn from it and what you what you make of yourself afterwards. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Look, I wanted to tell you about a company I've been working with. They are amazing. If you are a podcaster, a motivational speaker, or a podcast host, and you're absolutely crushing it, you need to be featured in Newswire Magazine. Newswire Magazine is a cutting-edge business publication that shares stories of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and other high achievers who are crushing it in life and in business. It's the preeminent publication for entrepreneurs who are making a tremendous impact. Every article is seen by thousands of readers daily, so being featured in the magazine is a massive personal branding opportunity. Not only will you get massive traffic and SEO benefit from being featured in Newswire Magazine, but you'll also get instant credibility and authority. See if you qualify to be featured in Newswire magazine today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another common theme with the guys was there's a, a huge percentage of them are Christian guys. So as I'm writing the book, I was thinking, you know, it's titled how to be successful, think like a leader, but people buy it. And whether or not you're a Christian, you're getting a little bit of Jesus in the book. So people are quoting scripture scriptures and just giving their insights of, you know, their relationship with God and stuff like that. So. Mm. Man. Oh, that's awesome. And, and you and I, we have this shared faith in Jesus. Uh, and would you mind sharing your testimony or how did you come to know Jesus, man? So I grew up, like, like I said, with my, my mom was, is a just an incredible person. She yeah. was Christian. Um, my, my dad was not the best example, not a Christian. He was, you know, went to Mormon church, but so I spent a lot of time as a kid where because the judge and the county sheriff was Mormon, my dad, you know, we were pretty religious about going to Mormon church, um, you know, to put up, put on that, put on that front. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time, I went through four years of Mormon seminary, but I spent a lot of time sitting out in the hallway, kicked out because I, you know, I'm asking the teacher a question about, you know, as I'm reading the Bible and teachers teaching us something about, you know, the book of Mormon or whatever, I'm reading that going, that's not what I, that's not what I'm reading here in the Bible. And so as I was studying the Bible and stuff, it was a, uh, just really helped a lot to get that, you know, get that connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it gave me a reason to start, start studying and stuff. But then I, I built a relationship with God real early on. And from the time I was 12, 13, I was praying you know, every single day, just trying to connect and have that, have that talk with God. Yeah. But I can't tell yeah. you there was a defining moment where it was like, you know, I went from not believing to believing or something. It was just, sure. I always knew that 
the governor's real. I always knew that he loved me. I didn't yeah. know that I, I knew that he loved everybody. I didn't know that he loved me. Mm-hmm. I just had no self-esteem or whatever, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> man, that's so good, dude. And, and Jesus is good, man. He, he puts us right where we need us to be at, at a lot, you know, throughout our life, man. Um, you know, in the world is, is changing so much it, we're in this digital world. Everyone's got their phones and their faces. And, and I think that there's a new generation of folks that they really struggle to have legit real conversations with an actual person face to face. And you wrote a book on this, but how can people be better conversationalists? I did write a book on this. I still need work on it. One of the biggest things is just listening to listening with, with actual concern for what a person's saying. That's probably the most important thing that I can tell you is if you're trying to figure out how to be more interesting, first off, do something interesting. Don't expect people to be interested in you just because you exist, but do something interesting, but then also stop telling people so much about yourself. Just get in, start a conversation, start asking questions like you get to with the podcast. We're asking questions, drawing people out. By the time we somebody gets done with the show, they love you because you've asked all these incredible questions. And and uh, it's the same type of thing with the conversation where if you just listen and truly care about what people are saying, that'll help you a lot. Mm, so good, man. I, I'm just a huge fan of just networking and, and just listening to people's stories. I'm fascinated with people's stories, man. And I think just if we're able to share our stories out, it will help so many people, even if it's just one person gets impacted by a story, man, that's huge. And that's really the goal about this podcast is, is sharing stories of people who have gone through just yuck and they've gone through it. And now here they are, they're impacting lives through their own projects and businesses and, and podcasts and things like that. Interesting question. I always ask, what do you think the greatest skill a human can have is? I don't know that I could narrow that down to a single skill. I think the desire to continue learning. So kind of like in the Bible when, you know, when he asked for, asked for wisdom, you know, God yeah. said you can have anything you want. And he asked for wisdom, he became the most powerful, wealthiest man in history. Um, that's, I would say not a skill, but, but just desiring to continue to learn. You can mm-hmm. perfect or at least get a lot better at anything you decide to get better at. Yeah. Man, it's all about putting in the time, I think. And, you know, if, if you build those habits and you build the standards that are around your values and, be, and your beliefs, then you can't get swayed off of that. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's about getting on, uh, you know, getting back on track. We all have days where we don't want to wake up early or whatnot. But if you have those standards and those values, I think that's what helps people keep on track towards their goals or dreams and their purpose, things like that. Uh, you know, how are you doing health wise now? Like you had the, the brain tumor. Everything seems to be going good. How's everything going now for you? I, I've still had some, uh, I, I was, uh, I, I've gone through back and forth and some different things here, um, mm. where I, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. You tell yeah. right now, I'm pro- this is probably not the best day to be doing a podcast. I had a pretty messed up, you know, high and low sugars here and, mm. uh, Thought I was going to have a seizure earlier, dropped down real low. So I'm probably not well, communicating real clearly. But oh, you're doing fine, man. You're doing fine. Um, yeah. I mean, any of your listeners, that's a good excuse. If I sound like an idiot or if I'm <laughs> rambling, that's at least man, I've got you're an doing awesome. I, I love just pe- people being raw and real. And that's what this is all about. I don't do any editing throughout the show, man. I don't take the stuff out because it's just this real conversation. 
you know, the reason I asked that is because it kind of leads up to another question I like to ask people is, you know, and you've already gone through this question. Like you already found out, like at at one point they were telling you, Hey, you've got 90 days to live now that you're doing better. If you had one year left to live in this life, what, what would you go and do? That's another good question. So I've had a, because of that opportunity back in 2010, saying you've got 60 to 90 days to live, guaranteed zero chance of survival. Um, Back then I was young enough that it still didn't, I I still thought I needed to be successful. And so as soon as I got back, as soon as we went to Mexico, started doing these treatments, trying to figure out how to, you know, make it longer longer than 90 days. Figured, heck, if I could get two years, I'll be good. But Mm -hmm. my goal back then was to launch a successful company where I could, you know, launch another successful company where I could buy my mom the house. And, uh, you know, she'd always wanted a, a barrel racing, like a racehorse, tattooed racehorse. And yeah. uh, so I had the goal of of making that money. You know, that's been 12 years ago now. But if I go back again, if I was given 60, 90 days to live again today, I wouldn't spend that building another company. I would probably just put, you know, I transfer the companies off, make it to where it was, where they could manage themselves you know, make sure that they're my mom's name. So she's got the, got the coverage, but I would spend more time just, just speaking to folks. I mean, high schools, every public speaking event, every, everything I could possibly do to be able to connect with people would be not only sharing Jesus, you know, sharing where we're, where we're going when you're done, but also helping people with that lack of self-confidence, lack of self-esteem, just letting people know that you are better than you, you're, you're better than you realize you are. I, I spoke at, at a small event this morning and get to tell people, you know, everybody's got this, we've all dealt with crap, whether it was being abused as a kid, whether it was being, you know, some kids been raped or molested, or, I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff, spouse abusing them, maybe a kid at school picking on you and telling you yeah. you're a loser, a teacher telling you you're never going to be successful. But mm. we've all got that, that feeling that, Maybe I'm not good enough, that imposter syndrome to where when you start becoming successful, you get that little voice in your head that's that's telling you, well, who do you think you are, Eric? You know, do you really think you'd be running a successful podcast? You know, deal with those kind of things. And so I I would just make that a point to where, like I am now, speaking to everybody I possibly can, let them know you're better than you think you are, and you were created in the image of the God that created the entire universe. He created you in his image. So by default, you're incredible. Hmm. Come on, man. That's awesome. I love that. Your mindset on that, man, is so good. Uh, and your story, man, and, and just getting out there and, and talking, even if it's a small group or big group. I mean, I think you made a post on this. Like you get more comfortable uh, speaking in those larger groups than you do with four or five people. Yeah. And it's, I think it's so true. Like, you know, I'm okay with, you know, speaking in larger groups. And then you get into a, uh, smaller groups you know, four or five people, maybe you're not really familiar with them. It can get nerve wracking for sure up there. Yeah. You know, as we head into 2023, what are you most excited about? What's on the horizon for you? Um, what's coming up next for you? So like I said, I, I always had that, that, um, you know, after 2010 with the brain cancer and stumbling over my words and not being able to remember what I was talking about. Yeah. I, I loved inspiring and uplifting and encouraging people. And when I owned the retail stores, I, I loved our team meetings and stuff. I, I only owned three stores, okay. but we had employees all over the country, different licensees and stuff. 
but that was my very favorite thing was to get on a zoom call or when we'd have all the stores, you know, have our employees meet up and we're doing a team dinner or something. I love that being able to encourage and uplift people. And I figured, okay, my employees know this guy survived brain cancer. He's trips over his words sometimes. Yeah. So I was a little bit more comfortable there and I was writing their paycheck. So they couldn't really sure. judge me too much. <laughs> um, but just getting that confidence to where I'm able to speak on stages, you know, Caesar's palace and some of these bigger stages, it has been a huge thing to be able to start encouraging and uplifting people. But that's what I'm going to do in 2023 is I'm focused hugely on starting to get into high schools, colleges, different things to speak. I've got a few, few events already scheduled for December of this year. Yeah. But yeah, just kind of going to keep focusing more on, I mean, I've still got to keep running newswire magazine, keep growing sure. that, helping people share their stories. That's a big thing. But then also just, just taking more time to encourage and uplift. And it, even if I made no money speaking, it's, it's awesome to be able to just get out and connect and, and, and inspire people a little bit. Oh, it's so impactful. I, I wish that we had more speakers come into the high school that I went to. Now, I don't know if I was in the right mindset at the time to, to give them a listen, but looking back, I'm like, there was no speakers that came through at all. They didn't try to, get a, and I was a big drug in high school. So, but like, not that one speaker would have come in and, and changed that, but it, it's possible they might've, you know? So like yep. you could come in there and you could rock somebody's world, man. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that you've got that on the, the, uh, horizon for you to get out there and yeah. speak more you're such a world changer man in your story yeah dude and and i think just the way that you communicate the way that you bring stuff to the table in just real raw communication that's what hits home for a lot of people man so i i just want to applaud you man because i'm proud of you i'm i'm honored to have you on my show man you're an absolute world changer like i said I want to get into a fun question real quick because I'm a big music guy and uh, love to ask the question, like, what type of music do you listen to? What's your a favorite band for you? So I play lead guitar. Okay. I have not, I've been so busy with the, with Newswire magazine and building out this, this new publication. Um, I have not turned on a radio in, I, I could not tell you how long. When I get okay. on the motorcycle, the Bluetooth, you know, I got the Bluetooth, Bluetooth helmet. Yeah. I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book. When okay. I get in the car, automatically the car the car connects and it's playing me an audiobook. Um, every time that I'm listening to anything, it's if I sit down at night, you know, I've, I've got the Netflix thing. So, you know, if we're doing a movie night or something, I'll watch Netflix. But at night, I'm either reading a book or I'm watching a YouTube video or something to something to grow. Mm. So, I yeah, I probably should take some time to listen to some music and enjoy life a little bit, like we were talking about. But <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite? Good favorite song or band? You know, for me, my favorite band of all time is the Cars, actually. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of the Cars, but I used to be straight metalhead, you know, back in high school. And and I still like to go back to that. But like, I'm all over the place now. Uh, yesterday, I was jamming to Tupac, you know, some of his greatest hits. <laughs> like, I'm all over the place, man. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I'm such a music guy. Even when I read, I have to have some sort of beats in the background I listen to just no lyrics, just kind of beats in the back. It helps yep. my brain to really zone in on the book that I'm reading and things like that. Um, and you had mentioned, I mean, you read audio, you're listening to audio books, you're reading books all the time. Was there a book this year in 2022 that, that made a big impact for you? Yeah, there's, uh, I, I do a ton of audio books, like the gym and stuff. Yeah. There's been a couple of them. This will probably take a minute. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I don't know. There's so many of them, man. It's yeah. 
So right now I'm reading uh, Traffic Secrets again by Russell Brunson. Oh, yeah. That's a great book. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, for sure. Um, The Prayer of Jabez is one I finished again just recently here by Bruce Wilkerson. Okay. I don't know if you've read that or not, but I've heard that's a a book I'd highly recommend. I mean, you go through that in real short time. And I was listening to that at the gym a few times, just, you know, read the book and then listened to the audio book as I was on the on the uh jacob's ladder yeah that's a miserable machine by the way <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh that's awesome well curtis again thank you so much man for taking time out of your day you're absolute world changer such an honor to have you on man i'm excited for people to listen to this episode thank you so much man for taking time i appreciate it appreciate you Eric. thanks man Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or a watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.